any way you want it. These guys will get it. Tell them what you need. Welcome to Commercial Corner with Paul Revel and Vicky Betts. Tell them what you need and they'll get it any way you want it. Hello, 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 hello. Uh, welcome to another episode of Commercial Corner, the podcast about spending money in higher education. I'm Paul. And I'm Vicky. And uh, we're back after our Christmas break. Uh, if at all it feels like there ever was a break. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I can't complain too, because I did actually manage to, to get away and go on holiday um, uh, over the break. So um, I think uh, all my, my complaints of it not feeling like it was long enough will probably fall on deaf ears. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Camera's still a little quiet, I think. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it hasn't really got into a high gear yet. No, no, students are still slowly returning. Yeah, some are doing exams. Yes. So they're, they're squirrels away in, in halls around the city, um, getting their papers finished and, and hopefully successfully completing the modules they've done last year. Um, so now, now we're, we're back in business for 2023. Um, Vicky, what have you been buying? Uh, so I have started to buy manned security services. Manned? Manned in this day and age? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, staffed security services, uh, EDI, yes. Yes, um, absolutely, yes. yeah. So, uh, yes, in the years gone by it was manned security services, but now uh, non-gender specific, so staffed security services. See, any, anyone can give security services now. <laughs> Excellent, we've moved on. Yeah, so we're looking at across the whole site of York, mm -hmm. uh, the accommodation blocks, the sports block, the whole thing, uh, security services, uh, support, uh, ranging from telling people to stop parking the car where it is uh -huh. to um, being a first responder, first aid or, or well-being or whatever. Yeah, I suppose because this, this is a city centre campus, isn't yes. it? So it's not like some universities that are outside of, of the built-up areas and, and you can almost put a wall around it. <laughs> you know, you could, it, it, it's a, a, a controlled area, whereas here anyone can waltz onto campus, yes. it is completely open. So I guess that it brings with it its, its own challenges. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. so uh, that's how to tender currently. Mm. Um, I've been buying some consultancy, consultancy which, which might sound a bit odd, because you know, university is full of, full of smart people. Mm -hmm. yeah? so what, what, what do we need to consult for? Well, I, I suppose one, one of the things that you, you find in any complex organisation is if, if you're only looking inwardly, at how you yourselves do things, um, it, it gets hard to rate and score and judge how well you're doing them. So from time to time you do genuinely need to get an external pair of eyes to review what you're doing and, and help point you in the right direction. If, if there are things that are going off track or they're just not in line with what everyone else is doing mm -hmm. these days. So there, there is a place for it, you know, as, as loath as, as, as some people might be to, to give money to consultants, um, there's a, a legitimate place for it. And, and also in, in something like higher education, um, the world is constantly moving on. So there's, there's things that we need to stay on top of with changing legislation, changing markets we might work in. And again, maybe we don't always have the right kind of expertise in-house. So we need to hire someone to come in, give us a few pointers, and then you know they, they get paid their bill um, but then we take away that knowledge and then we do something uh, something more uh, useful and constructive with it. Mm -hmm. hmm. 
Uh, and the other thing that I've been looking at is uh, is policy writing. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not all rock and roll, um, shopping around and haggling for deals. Um, sometimes there is a place for sit, sitting down and writing how we're going to do what we do and, and, and setting the rules for how we'll engage with suppliers, how we'll manage money. It, it sounds like it's the sort of thing that would, would bore some people to tears. But I do find it very interesting trying to, to, to boil down what we do and turning it into... It's a, it's a guide, it's an instruction manual for, for colleagues who maybe... They're not procurement people, but they need to know how it works mm -hmm. because everyone's got that shared responsibility for how student money is, is paid. So th there is a policy that exists, and every every two years it gets renewed. So it, it needs some tweaks to make it, it more relevant to what we're doing today or to make sure that it mirrors changing legislation. Mm. So think back to uh, 2016, Brexit, all that fun and games. One, one of the things that, that drove that, that vote was the ability to be able to do things differently from the EU. So the procurement regulations that were in place for oh, my, my entire working life, we, we can now deviate from. So that there's, there's gradually little changes coming out every few, few months that most people probably won't even be aware of. But gradually it has a bigger and bigger snowballing effect as, as we drift away from that old um, EU style of buying. So one of the things that came through earlier in the month was about when people in the public sector announce to the marketplace that they're spending some money. Mm -hmm. So like when, when we're doing tenders, we, we, we advertise them. Yeah. yeah, and we put them on the government's contract finder website. Yeah, so that, notices. Yeah. absolutely. So that people can see, oh, there's an opportunity to win some public money. Yeah. Because if it's public money, we shouldn't be hiding it away or, <laughs> or giving it to people without telling anyone. Now, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, well, hang on. Didn't I read that thing in the paper about what the government did? And, and you know, um, yes, these things are true that sometimes uh, our elected leaders have, have not been exemplary in, in the execution of these things. But that, that's, that's almost <laughs> what, what it, it's taken to, to drive forward these requirements. Um, and, and cynically, you might say it's a bit of a do, do as we say, not as we do. But... Um, because of things that have, have been less than optimal, shall we say, uh, in, in the public sphere, um, ferry contracts and things being awarded without telling people you're spending public money, um, that's got to where we are. So, so there's going to be tighter regulations. And anything that, that's spent over £30,000, and that can be within a year or within the lifetime of a contract, we've, we've got to tell everyone we're doing it. It's got to be published on, like you say, the, the government's contract finder website, so it's visible, you can see it. And they can um, they can know where this money is going. It's not uh, being hidden away um, and, and and unavailable for people who maybe are able to do the work. We need we need to shout it from the rooftops. Mm. Yeah. Anything else you've been buying? I've been buying vending machines. Oh, so do you know what? Sometimes sometimes you just get all the fun jobs. <laughs> what, what what are you buying vending machines for? So our floor in uh, London building, mm -hmm. uh, our London campus, yeah. uh, has no catering. Oh, um, right, okay, yeah. yeah. Little darling students, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, a whole six floors up. Of course, yes, so, so <laughs> the, 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 there's, oh, so let me get it right, so there's shops on the ground floor, yep. 
but it's a very, very tall building, yes. and the teaching takes place on the sixth floor, yes. so it's it's a lot of stairs to get a Kit Kat. <laughs> is, is that right? It okay. is. Right. So we're looking at getting some vending machines with uh, healthy snacks mm. and uh, drinks. Oh, right, so, so aside from Kit Kats, other... other Confectionaries are available, yes. right? Uh, okay, yes. that also makes sense. I mean, I think we've we've probably seen it in in catering up here in the north that mm. that some of uh, the the traditional highly calorific snacks are not necessarily so popular with no. with today's paying student. Mm. You know, they want you know things that are more um, interesting, more varied, more um, healthy. Yes. Yeah. So, so the, is that the the machines themselves, or you buy what, what else is going with that? So we're getting a fully managed service, mm -hmm. so we'll be getting two machines mm. uh, and then the company will run, clean, stock, mm. um, they are uh, electronically uh, enabled to take uh, card payments. Oh fantastic. Um, but they also have an app as well, so you can go on your app and pay for stuff <laughs> and get reward points and we can oh, do promotions. And the company that manage it mm. will also get messages from the machines to say, I've got low stock or mm. I'm broken or whatever. Oh, they're, they're smart machines. They're smart. Oh, I yes. like this now. This, this, this is good. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Apart from telling you what you want to eat or... Well, yeah, you've got to, you've got to pick that yourself, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fab. Excellent. Well, um, that, that's uh, good to know. Um, we're going to take a bit of a break now. So um, oh, we will uh, go get a, a beverage, a chocolate bar or something <laughs> that we can we can forage and then uh, we will be back soon hello and welcome back to commercial corner the podcast about spending money in higher education I'm still Paul. And I'm still Vicky. And joining us, believe it or not, is a super special guest today. Um, we are joined by David Howell, uh, Head of Financial Strategy and Planning for York St. John University. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you. Super special guest is probably overstating, I would say. Oh, I, I wasn't really in demand for any of the other podcasts out there. You, you I wasn't, <laughs> didn't have off menu knocking on my door or anything, but no. it's nice to be on. No, good, no, good to have you. So, First of all, for, for the benefit of, of the people listening, Head of Financial Strategy and Planning. Heck of a title, what, what's that mean? So, I work within the Finance Department and my job is looking after management accounts, so we do all of the internal reporting across the university, and the main part of my job is managing risk, both short term and long term, so making sure that the university is financially sustainable and operational, and we've got enough money to operate. Always good to have. So, so how, how you always been in HE? No, I was a uh, private sector, so I've been at the university for around seven and a half years now, uh, always within the finance department, but I've got some experience in the private sector as well, working for other firms, uh, very, very different environment, completely different to anything that we get here where it's very committee based and um, it very much focused on the bottom line, so very, very different. But what, what first drew you into finance? So finance, it just appealed, I found myself at a crossroads when I was younger, worked a couple of jobs that weren't really going anywhere, work career focused, and IT, maths seemed to play to my strength, so I took a chance when I was working in a warehouse in York, and started studying AAT, which is the Association of Accounting Technicians, uh, and 
appealed to my inner geek and you know all these years later I'm still here still doing it I'm still enjoying it so where do you think finance has the biggest impact when it's done right if finance is done right it should not be a back office function it should enable budget holders to operate and to be able to do their day jobs you know sustainability is important but what we're not trying to do is save every dime because money invested can help generate new funds and help people to do the best of their jobs Higher education is obviously different because we're not trying to turn a profit, we're trying to be sustainable, educate students and enable them and give them the best opportunities. So it's a really exciting work going on. Mm-hmm. What is a common myth about finance departments and can you debunk it? <laughs> I think that we just, all we care about is the bottom line and that isn't the case. There is lots of good work that we do going around meeting people, you know, we look at things like access and participation. We work for a widening participation university and we have lots of students that wouldn't typically have got access to higher education in the past. So we look at what we can invest and how we can enable them and give them the best opportunity to, to succeed within university life. And that's things like financial support through bursaries and through uh, mentorship and other programmes that are going on. So there is a lot of things. So mm-hmm. it's not that we don't care about what's going on. And numbers on a spreadsheet is all great. We all love playing with spreadsheets, but you know, meeting people, finding out what that's going, puts colour colour into what that money's for. Do you think people have a fear of finance? No, absolutely they do. Absolutely they do. And I mean, not you personally. <laughs> I mean, the, the idea of you know numbers and maths. Do you think people have a bit of a, a nervousness about it? So they think that you're kind of the bogeyman. No, absolutely you do. And I say, particularly when higher education is facing some of the financial pressures it's facing mm-hmm. at the moment. You can just be bad news men, you know, you're going around and you're looking to make savings and make further efficiencies and life becomes really difficult for everybody out there. Um, so you're trying to do that in a way that's collaborative and in a way that's going to not negatively impact people. But if you think about what higher education and the UK as a whole is facing at the moment, you know, we've got pressures around cost of living, inflation, at, uh, you know, a record high for the last 20 years. We've got issues around capacity of how many students we can teach on site there's not enough space recruitment cycles of students if we don't bring in a a good number of students every year and continue to grow then people are going to continue to feel those pressures and i think the biggest challenge certainly for our university and probably the sector at the moment is the fact we've got a static home undergraduate fee Mm. in 2015-16 we introduced the 9250 which is the cap that mm-hmm. the government imposes upon us, we're still at that level today and we're fixed into that to 24, 25. If it attracts with inflation, that would be £11,673 mm. in today's money. So we're getting 9250 for something that would be 11. I've forgotten that number. 11,673. That's Jeff. Yeah, yeah, I did get it right. No, but I know what you mean. I mean, I, I used to work private sector and you know, talk about some of the people who used to work and say, yeah, imagine you were selling a product. Uh, but you couldn't change the price of what you sold it for. Even though the cost of all the things that go into it keep on going up, what would you do? And they just look at you blank. I can't imagine such a thing. Well, welcome, welcome to our world. Absolutely, because everybody still expects the same service. And it's mm. still a lot of money for students to, to rack up. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, you know, our suppliers and staff do demand inflation and it does cost more to deliver the same activities. They need to pay their people, they need to buy their products. Absolutely. On and on goes the supply chain. So we've got to be more efficient and we've got to work smarter every year with Mm. less resource. Mm. And it sounds like 
not just the finance side of things, but you're looking at the triple bottom line. It's the people, the planet, and the profit. Planet-wise, is there anything going on that you're looking at environmentally? I mean, a lot of it ties into what you guys do in procurement as well, but you know, if you think about the cost of utilities at the moment, that's a really big impact on people's bottom line. It's a lot of expenditure, and obviously at the university, in the last few years, we've used solar panels to help offset some of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think if you look at things like the disposable coffee cups, mm. pizza boxes that we get from our catering outlets, there's recently been introduced a levy on top of that that can help sort of offset that and go towards carbon, carbon neutrality and sustainability as a university. But that's also saving money and helping the university's bottom line. Mm. So both things should be achievable. Mm -hmm. And so where do you think procurement fits in with finance? It fits in massively. You know... We talk about trying to do the right activities to enable people across, and that means getting value for money. It means getting a service that works. And I've worked with both of you previously on bids that we've done and tenders that we've evaluated. We're obviously trying to make sure that we're getting good value for money from a supplier, but that doesn't necessarily mean the cheapest. It means we evaluate the output and what they give for us, and then we make an informed decision off the back of that. Okay, so, so what, are, what are your big hitters, your big top targets for 2023? So focus at the moment is around enabling budget holders by improving management information. We've been going out there meeting lots of the schools and we're going to be doing the professional service teams and just trying to inform them about these financial pressures and inform them we're working with them and get ideas as to you know what's going on there, what can we do differently. I think... It's trying to make people see finance in a different light mm. and hopefully work with us rather than it feeling like you against us, which is often the feeling in higher education since I came here. It's, it's one university and we are all working towards the same goals. Yeah, I suppose they're, they're close to the, the cold face, the operational front line. So they're, they're going to be looking in that direction. So when the finance traffic warden comes along, ta uh, tapping them on the shoulder and wagging your fingers saying, oh, but have you considered this? You do sometimes you know, go down like a lead balloon. Or if it's not approached right, I guess there's a, there's a whole soft side to the skill set uh, with regards to stakeholder management. That you've, you've got to kind of tap into that rather than just you know, giving them policy and procedure because people eventually they get a tin ear to it. Absolutely. And you know, when you're talking to non-finance people, you've got to present information in a way that is relevant and relatable to them. You know, they're not going to want to look at loads of numbers on a spreadsheet. They want to be talked through things. They want to look at pretty pictures and graphs <laughs> and have ways, have things that they can understand. Mm. And we deal with a whole variety of people here. You know, we have schools that are in business that are far more versed in sort of financial information, but a lot of our departments are more creative, mm. not necessarily finance people. Mm. Um, we're also working on looking at cutting costs through things like placements. So a lot of travel activity has gone up right. in terms of what we're charging for it. So it's looking at ways that we can do things differently. Lots of our students go out on placements for education and for health uh, providers. And we're looking at ways that we can offset some of that cost of things like car hire and minibuses, which have gone up you know, dramatically, as you'll know, yeah, in, recent, yeah. in recent times. So you know, can we incentivise local education providers mm. to take them rather than send them to you know, Teesside or wherever. Absolutely, work with people that are in your, uh, your community. So, okay, so, so what advice would you give to someone who, who listens to this and says, do you know what, 
I want to be like David. I, I want to do that. I want to walk in his shoes. What would you say to someone who's thinking, oh, I maybe want to give this a try. Maybe there is something in the world of finance that appeals to me. It's not just numbers. It's not just spreadsheet. There's a bit more to it. Sounds like you need to talk to somebody for help. To be honest, <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the conclusion that comes to. But no, finance is genuinely very, very interesting. And I say AAT is a very, very good place to start. Mm. Um, I did SEMA, which is the Chartered Institute of Management and Accountants. I'm currently studying for an MBA with the university itself through the excellent apprenticeship programme. <laughs> and, you know, it's finance is one of those diverse areas. There's lots of different ways that you can go with it. You can go with financial accounting, which is looking at your year-end accounts and VAT and tax and all of those areas that might be of interest. So starting with something like AAT is quite broad and it'll give you an idea of where your interests lie. It's finance. Or you could do veterinary. <laughs> well, it's, it's there. But so, okay, so, so you say that you're, you're studying and working at the same time, and that sounds like a lot of plates to spin. How, how do you handle that? <laughs> it's not easy. I have to say I studied my accountancy alongside working full-time for around 10 years. Mm. So I, I didn't finish that long enough ago to start, you know, appreciating my free time. So it probably helps not to know any different, mm. but... You know, it's it's trying to plan and trying to make sure that you've got you're doing the job to the best of your ability, and that there's people that are stepping up and helping when you need help, mm. and you know, prioritising your study at the at the time of deadlines. Mm. I suppose the the apprenticeship model shows that there's not just one way of learning. Absolutely not. It's very very different to the sort of distance learning method that I did before. It's slightly more structured in terms of in terms of delivery, mm. but not structured in the way that. You know, a, a typical degree program would be for a course that you might do at a night school. No, no, I guess you'll be working uh, or studying alongside people in a, uh, a similar boat, so they'll, they'll be again juggling both accounts themselves. Yeah, and I think that's the difficulty for everybody. You know, the apprenticeship program offers a, a day release mm -hmm. as part of it, but it's very difficult for people to step back from their day without putting those hours in mm -hmm. elsewhere, and I think everybody faces the same challenge of trying to make sure that they don't let other people down and do the job to the best of their ability while also fulfilling their study commitments. Mm, okay, so thinking about uh, over the things you, you've done in your career, is there anything that stands out as, you know, what, what's your biggest accomplishment, your, your biggest win? I, I think it's not one thing, but I'd like to think where I've, I've gone, I've been open to change. Um, <laughs> you can speculate on this, but the last two jobs that I've started, there's been a huge turnover of staff very shortly after I started. Okay. <laughs> coincidental? I mean, I'd like, to, I'd like to think it was coincidental, but that throws up all sorts of challenges, and we've sort of survived those times, but also, you know, thrived and looked at ways that we can do things better and continue to innovate. And I'd like to think, as we get new people coming through the door now, I'm not precious about a certain way of doing things. Everybody's got different ideas. Mm. Diversity of thought and continuing to innovate and Kaizen and all of those principles, they're great, to, they're great to, you know, put them into practice and continue to find those efficiencies. And obviously the biggest accomplishment will be the winning the Christmas quiz. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, was, <laughs> it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter about trying to balance study and work. It was the revision for the pub quiz. That's what really took up my time. Yeah, yeah. A little, little bit of, you know, behind the curtain. Yeah, it was a, it was a hotly contested... Uh, a quiz uh, this year and uh, Dave took away the gold. <laughs> Thank you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to go on about it. No, but here we are, nearly in February. Yeah. <laughs> if you're still going on about it in July, then okay, we'll, we'll maybe have a word. 
Okay, so we are at the quick fire question round. So, what are you not very good at but wish you were? Oh, musical, nothing musical at all. I'd love to be able to play the guitar or sing or any of that. I love listening to music, but I've got a deaf, deaf ear. <laughs> okay, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I'd like to be able to stop time. Do you remember Bernard's watch? <laughs> it wasn't a superpower, but he had a watch where he could just freeze time. So the deadlines come around. Mm. Very, very really, really useful. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, if you were a type of food, what type of food would you be? A type of food? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> vegan oh, for start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vegan. I am vegan, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know, I, I guess something that replaces the love of meat and cheese that I used to have when I used to eat it, but without so harming an animal. <laughs> okay. Something ethically sound, but yes. all the less satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, if you could switch lives with somebody for one day, who would you choose? Switch lives with somebody for one day. Oh, David, David Bowie. David Bowie, okay. definitely. Be a yeah. hero. Just yeah, absolutely. Just <laughs> one day. It writes itself. Very good. It writes itself. Very good. <laughs> Okay, one album, one movie, and one book forever. What are they? So, album would definitely be a David Bowie one. It changes day to day, but I'd probably go reality, which was sort of early 2000s Bowie. Not his most popular era, but when I started discovering him, getting into him. Not Tin Machine. Not uh, Tin, it's not Tin Machine. Yeah. We don't talk about Tin Machine, no. <laughs> <laughs> the drum and bass and late 80s era is not really... Uh, my favourite bit of Bowie. Uh, film, probably Silence of the Lambs, which I've seen too many times. Okay. And book, you know, I read lots and lots of books on, you know, management and accountancy, nothing really interesting, but I read one recently called Criconomics, which is um, cricket through economics and statistics, which is sport and geekiness, so probably, probably something like that. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. There, there you go. Um, well, thank you very much, David. It's, uh, it, it's been great to have you on the show. Um, it's really good to get a bit of insight into what someone does and, and, and the kind of challenges that face them. You know, sometimes, you know, when you're a big complex organisation like a university, there's, there's so many people going in so many different directions. You don't have that, that insight into, well, hang on, what goes on over there or what goes on over there? It's good, it's good to just take a bit of time out and, and, and stop and find out. Anyway, um, we're going to um, take a bit of a break now. So, uh, thank you very much, uh, David. Thank you for having me on. Uh, and uh, we'll be back shortly. Oh, welcome back. Well, uh, thank you for uh, listening to the show again. Um, great to have a, a guest and give us a bit of insight into some of the wider world of, of higher education. Um, if uh, there's anything that you'd like us to talk about next time, uh, drop us an email. Uh, we're on uh, commercialcorner.outlook.com. Um, anything you'd like us to cover, or maybe uh, any areas you'd maybe like us to, uh, to talk about, uh, we'll, we'll give it a go. Mm -hmm. uh, we're pretty sure it's got some relevance to procurement, spending money, and, and uh, what goes on in the world of higher education. But uh, for now, uh, that's all from me. I've been Paul. And I've been Vicky. Thank you very much and uh, keep watching those pennies. <laughs>